Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host back on the 12th of January 2007 when West Brom beat Luton Town 3-2. He was there and so was I. How are you, Steve? I'm fantastic. Thanks, mate. Um, I'm far older now than I was then. But, and wiser. Uh, no, I'm still a Baggies <laughs> fan. So, no. <laughs> that was a Jason Kumas and Kevin Phillips double. What we'd give to have Kevin, well, both of them actually back in their pomp right now. We'd uh, we'd be very grateful for him, wouldn't we? Not off. Not so, off. we have to start this episode with a bit of an apology. I apologise that last week we didn't get a podcast out. Um, it just, just didn't materialise. And with the Derby game happening on the Wednesday... It was just made everything a bit of a mess, um, so we never ended up got one out. But I want to thank everybody for their kind messages, because the people who, you know, quite a few people messaged and said, "Oh, where's the podcast? Or was the podcast out?" And they were very complimentary about it and said they're looking forward to this episode. So it's very kind of them, and thank you very much for the uh, the praise. It's it's very humbling. Um, so. We're going to go on to well the, the most recent game. Obviously, we played uh, Huddersfield today. We drew 2-2. We're recording this on the 27th of August. Um, before we go into the Huddersfield game, obviously, there's we've missed well it's four games in total since we did our last episode. And obviously, I don't want to go on for it too long because it is old news. But I don't think it, I think it's remiss of us to not at least mention the previous games. So we had a nil-nil draw with Cardiff, which was a pretty uneventful game really it was a bit of a stalemate i think you could say uh, and then had a great win against hull uh, 1-5-2 i think hull were first or second in the league when we played them second. um the second uh, really really good game really entertaining um i think they only really they scored the two goals because uh, steve bruce switched, switched it up which is fair enough because he wanted to rest players wouldn't you five nil up or four nil up and cruising you do start to think, well, I might as well rest some players, especially with how um, how intense the the championship is, especially up until the World Cup. Um, in terms of the whole game so quickly, I do want to get your reaction because it was such a good win and it was such a positive after a bit of a stumbling start to the season. So um, what did you make of that game? Well, it, it, it seemed to contain everything that we've been lacking, um, not just goals, of course, but... Uh, I, th- I think all round we uh, we just seemed more at it, uh, and instead, the thing that struck me about it was that uh, instead of their shots usually being blocked in the uh, in the box, um, one or two of them got through and went in the back of the net. So uh, yeah, it it was just heartening to see the team functioning so well, um, and you know in the middle in the middle of the park we looked um, we looked far more. Um, accomplished i think is the word i choose to be honest um and so yeah uh, you know and the, and the goals weren't sort of all concentrated on one person or two people sort of it was spread around a little bit besides the own goal obviously um so it, it was encouraging i thought yeah we've turned the corner now and uh, yeah. we're, we're gonna um, we're gonna press on hopefully um so then the one nil loss to derby in the carabao cup um i have to be honest i didn't see this game but I've seen the highlights, and I've got to say, I thought, Carl Bartley, what was he doing for their goal? The ball comes in. Instead of thumping it into Rosehead with his left foot, he sort of does this weird flick with his right foot. Um, I, I presume he thought the ball went out because he just 
sort of walked backwards towards the goal with his back to the ball, at which point one of the Derby players managed to get the ball, pass it, cut in and score. And it was, it, if I'm honest with you, it was it was the epitome of last season for me. It was a player who quite clearly can't be asked. And I'm not saying that he's like that all the time, but in that po- point in isolation, I just thought... He wasn't alone, really, in being lacklustre. I, I think... But that that particular sort of example that you you give uh, of that goal um, really just shows the, the situation that we've got with certain players in our squad. Uh, I, I think po- possibly somebody like Carl Barley um, being picked for the second round of the Carabao Cup uh, and being left out of um, of league games. I think probably it impacted on him uh, as a realization that he's second string yeah. uh, this season, and and he just looked, he just reeked of oh I'm second string so I can't be uh, I can't be really bothered. I, I mean I, you know I could be way off the mark there and it was just a, an aberration, but I'm just I'm just speaking about what it looked like. Not only did he try this weird contortion with his right leg. Uh, he then ignored the results of what he'd done and sort of just jogged back, not looking in the direction that the ball had actually gone. Uh, and the next thing, of course, is the ball's in the back of the net pretty much a few seconds later. And I think I think then he turned round and he's got his arms outspread as if it's somebody else's fault. And he's got his hands on his hips, I think. And he, oh, um, is it? Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, that's so cold, Bartley, that is, it's always somebody else's fault, even though yeah. he's culpable completely. Yeah. Um, well, not completely. Obviously, we could have defended better after that as well. However, I'm dwelling on on negatives, and really, the game was a big negative after the five-two. Um, to put in a, a, a performance like that, not so much the result, um, but a performance like that, it was just we weren't at the races. We were just we were just just going through the motions, um, yeah. and and so everybody everybody on that park uh, walks off pretty much. With well, they can't they can't hold their head up high, in my opinion. It was just a really poor, uh, and of course the travelling fans who who have gone to Derby, which is only up the road, uh, relatively. What are they left feeling? I mean, I'd love to know really, but I can imagine. But you know, I'd love to know what they actually think because it was just such a letdown. Yeah, it was. Um, and then, speaking of uh, not being at the races, <laughs> let's go into today's 2-2 draw. So, for the first 30 minutes of the game, we weren't at the races. Uh, Huddersfield took a, a 2-0 lead. Um, but to be fair to the team, uh, we came back. Wallace scored on the 37th minute. Some great work from Dean Garner down the left. Crossed it in for Wallace to to slot home. And then the 57th minute, I think it was Swift to put a somewhat of a through ball through to him. It was almost like a lob. Um, but did very well, and then Wallace thumped it home. Could have won. Um, I know that Grant had a chance. Um, Dean Garner had a chance. He had a, had a volley which went wide, and then obviously it was the penalty shout, and I've watched it back numerous times now. That was a Stonewall penalty. Um, we've had criticism on this podcast before for criticising referees, but we've got to appraise people's performance, um, whoever they are. So, you know, when a player has a bad performance, we've got to say they've had a bad performance. The referee was very poor today, and that penalty decision encapsulated it for me, really. I, don't, 
I mean, I don't want to argue with you, Mike. I don't think the referee was particularly poor. I think that decision was just, well, it was just awful. Um, if he was unsighted, fair enough, an assistant referee. It was in that half of the pitch um, on one side or the other. Who, who should have been able to see, hopefully should have been able to see, perhaps a bit better. What was the point? What's the point in being an assistant referee if all you're going to do is flag for offsides or, or for throw-ins? You've got to get involved in the decision-making process. If the referee's standing there not having seen the absolutely key pivotal decision he's got to make in the entire 95 minutes. There were positives, of course there were, and to, to come back from 2-0 down, um, away from character, home, doesn't it? It, it, it shows a bit of quality, uh, but it's, the quality is where, you, where you'd expect it to be. Um, the, you know, John Swift's um, contribution, particularly to the... To the second goal, Dean Garner. He, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a changed lad. I mean, he's Different nearly player, isn't he? Well, he's nearly back to where he was. Um, he, he's not quite. I mean, I hear people say, "Oh, he's back. He's back." You know, commentators and pundits and and the odd and the odd fan as well on Twitter and things like that. They say he's back. Yeah, he, he is back, um, but he's not quite back to the standard that he was under Bilic uh, when he was on loan. Yeah, you know I think. I think um, he's. I think, exactly, I think he's, he's, he's effort to his he, game. Well, he's effort. Yeah, that, he has. Yeah. He has, but but as far as the skill, as far as the game changing nature of some of the balls he used to play, and and he's obviously under his understanding with Pereira, who now he's not there, so he can't have it, um, isn't isn't part of it. But his his contribution, his work rate, is 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 tracking back. Everything is far far better. So yeah, he is back, um, and it is he, the quality of his contributions are amongst the best, obviously. And this is over a period of time. I'm not just talking about today because he was very, very prominent today. Um, and and usually is this season, to be fair. Um, but I was very heartened by that. I was heartened by Wallace's two goals because it was his, he got him off the mark and his second as well. He get a brace. That's a good show, that is. You know, he sh- it shows it's not a flash in the pan. He's a good player. Um, and, and although, you know, um, I wouldn't say John Swift... Has that quite the same impact on a game as Pereira does? I, th- I think uh, in a, he plays in a different way, of course. And uh, but his contribution for that second goal was just real quality in the box. Yeah. Um, so it, that was really heartening as well. Um, there were some good performances, but the second goal, their second goal, I've got to say, if we're one of the fancied teams and we're aiming to get first or second. Um, it's good goals like that, really. We we can't concede second. We can't. You don't want to concede two goals uh, because you've got a mountain to climb, which we managed to sort of nearly climb completely today. Um, but you can't do that. You, you, two players, two of our players there, basically, just fluffed their lines, you know, in our own half, and and the second one quite close to the edge of our penalty box. It was it's just not good enough. I'm, I expect better. To be yeah. fair. Um, Second half, second half, yeah, we were better. We had all the possession, and um, and I thought we were going to go on to uh, when we, I mean, when we after we equalised, after Wallace smashed that one in, um, I thought we were going to go on and win this. Uh, and when that when that penalty, uh, uh, when Grant was brought down, because um, he let's face it, he contributed next to nothing really in yeah. the game. Um, but that that is it. And I thought this is so typical. He contributes. Next to nothing in a game, and then wins a penalty, and then the referee bottles it, and I just think to yourself, my word, this is uh, this is unjust. This, 
Yeah. I want to talk about Grant. Uh, a few people have asked us questions on have your say about Grant. And also, uh, it's the transfer deadline day this, I think it's Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thursday. So we're going to talk about strikes in a minute. Uh, but we've heard from Steve from All Things Albion. We've heard from Mike from All Things Albion. Now let's hear from the managerial maestro, whose words grace the page like a swan landing on a lake. Uncle Steve. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I'm going to well, say that. I'm, I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to say you it you well, it's, it's okay because, you know, it's been recorded, so I've got proof that I said it first. Like a swan landing on a lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Fantastic. Let's see what he's got to say. Okay. Um, he said, it's great to come back from two goals down in a game away from home. That's certainly one way to look at it. They've scored a spectacular first goal, which you can't really do anything about. The second goal, we have made a mistake and we'll be punished for it. I think Dara will hold his hand up. That's the type of kid he is. He'll have to be bold enough and brave enough to admit he's made a mistake. Then it's all about having a look and seeing what we've got. We've done enough in the game and brought it back to 2-2. And perhaps with a bit more luck in front of goal, we would have gone on to win the game. I'm never going to question anybody's integrity. When you need the referee to make big calls, the calls which decide matches, we've had big decisions go against us and none more than, than that today. On the flip side... We've shown again today that there's something about us. We've looked at a threat in large parts and we've created big chances. Overall, we've played well in the game, having come back from a wonder goal and a mistake. The players stuck at it and I couldn't be happy with how they responded. We've got Jed on two goals now and Swifty on two after six games. We said at the start they'd be big players for us and they're proving to be already. And I have to agree. I think... Wallace, uh, I, thought, I thought actually, speaking of our new signings, I thought, okay, Akushlu didn't have the best of games today. Um, no, he had a bit of a mare, really. Yeah, and uh, a few people said on you know on Twitter that, oh, if that was Livermore, he would have been hammered. So I think it's worth worth mentioning that, you know, it, it's only early days, obviously. I think, you know, he's only, I don't know if he's match fit quite yet, but Akushlu was quite poor today. And he did miss a, a big chance as well. He had a header, didn't he, pretty much on the 60 yard, yard box and fluffed it so yeah it wasn't wasn't his uh, best performance today but it certainly wasn't i mean he'd he'd grabbed that um he grabbed that position hadn't he he'd sort of displaced jake um yeah. as as a as a sort of kingpin in the middle of the park if you like defensively uh and he let himself he let himself down um today with his performance uh, obviously it's not deliberate etc but um you know he um you know, he had a bad one. And if it was, it's true, that is what they've said, because if that had been Jake and he'd done the things that, if Jake had done the things that uh, OK did today, um, well, you know, a lot of people would have been tweeting in about it, to be fair. So uh, to be even handed about it, yeah, he's had a bad one. I, I don't think, I, I don't think Malumbi was um, particularly outstanding today. Yeah, energetic. We did, we, yeah, yeah. Energetic, of course, because he always is. Um, but you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed with our defensive midfield uh, duo um, today, uh, quality wise. But hey ho, you know, we got a point uh, when really we put ourselves in a position where we weren't expecting it. Um, it's just unfortunate we didn't win it really. And I think probably if we popped the third in or we'd got that penalty and scored it. Perhaps the flavour of what I'm saying, if I'm brutally honest, might be a little bit different. Uh, I don't think so because I tend to sort of like be a bit, bit honest about things. But um, 
Who knows? Yeah. So let's go to the off-field stuff. Um, there's quite a few stories we've got to mop up, especially, I say, with our little absence last week. So let's start off. The Albion Assembly meeting was maybe last night or night before, something like that. The tweets were very positive. We haven't had the minutes come out yet, but they didn't hide from any questions uh, relating to the loans or transfers or anything of that matter. So once the... Um, you know, once it's been announced, once the minutes have been released by the club or the the assembly, um, we will obviously report on it and let you guys know what they said. Um, transfer deadline day. I'll come on to in a minute. I want to talk about strikers, uh, but the other stories is that um, Livermore. I want to talk about Jake Livermore briefly. He has just clicked over to two hundred appearances. I think he's probably two hundred and one now, something like that. Um, and I did want to mention that. It's a bit of a difficult one, you know. I, I think it's fair to say he's probably past his best, and it would be better for him and us if he moved on. But saying that, he has been a good, you know, ambassador to the club. Everybody I ever speak to about, you know, speaking to him personally, any fans that have said or oh, they've said behind to get his signature, he's always first class. He's obviously a very good trainer. I think he does have a part to play this season. I don't think he's a he's a starter, but I think on and off the pitch he can be an important part of the what hopefully will be a promotion push. Well, he's a big um, he's a big cog in this particular squad. I think to be honest with you, he's um, he's obviously as a all all you ever hear out of people who talk about the club from the inside is he's got this um, this ethic uh, and and his presence. Is really beneficial to the, the players who are within the squad and the management as well. They've got a great deal of respect for him, and he deserves a great deal of respect for that uh, for reaching 200 uh, plus uh, um, performances for us, uh, appearances for us. So, well, congratulations to him. Uh, heartfelt congratulations. So I remember he scored the winner against Tottenham uh, when we when we nearly managed to stay up a couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. couple of three. And um, he just popped it in. Uh, at, at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the of the uh, of the terrace in it. Was that when uh, Darren Moore was in charge? Um, well, uh, we got rid of Pulis, then we got Pardew, then got rid of him, and then it was Darren Moore, I think, wasn't it? Well, it don't matter who that it was. It was in in the stage when we was um, sort of like playing free, uh, free falling. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, were, we were just we were, we were just in that in the throes of sort of like swapping managers all over the place, weren't we? Um, yeah. Which, which really, I suppose, some could accuse us of still doing at the moment. I saw, I saw today that there's a a, a call for uh, Bruce Bruce out uh, <laughs> on Twitter today after six games, and um, I mean, and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on any bandwagon about it um, because people have got their opinions, and I, I respect I respect their opinions on uh, on Twitter or anywhere else. Uh, entitled to say what they like, they pay the money, they uh, take the choice, um, but you know. I, Congratulations, anyway, Jake, and um, all the best, mate. All the best. Yeah. I hope you keep up in a, a, a positive effect while you're still here. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, this is sort of tied into Livermore, is uh, since he hasn't been in the starting lineup, O'Shea has taken over as captain. Um, Steve Bruce said he's got captain written all over him. Uh, I think uh, Bruce should probably put the sharpie down. 
and stop writing on him. But no, I think uh, all kidding aside, um, it's good to see really. O'Shea has always been loyal to the club. Obviously, this year he was going into his last year of his contract, and there was a small panic that he might. There was interest from Burnley, but um, he was, you know, was never in doubt of signing a new contract. He's a leader on the pitch, and I'm, I'm glad to see him get the chance. Um, I think, I think it's like you said before, Livermore is almost a club captain, and then. O'Shea is like a team captain, isn't it? That sort of dynamic. Probably. Um, obviously, I don't know personally what the dynamic is, but uh, I, I think I think Dara is a warrior. I think they, um, the term is that people say these days for players of his nature, he, he's willing to take the lumps. He's getting, he'll put his face and his head in uh, amongst the flying boots and, and he'll clear the ball uh, for you. And uh, popped one in, didn't he, uh, in the 5-2. So, That's uh, right. Can't complain about that. Um, I think uh, I think our centre halves could do. We scored in a bit more from dead balls. To be honest with you, we used to have used to have quite a few goals going uh, from our centre halves um, on corners, etc. Uh, we're a bit lacking for that, so we could do with a bit more of a contribution in that direction. But certainly, courage, heart, and determination—you can't really knock him, can you? So yeah, uh, leading by example, I think he's probably um, he's he's way up there. Uh, I, I can't speak for what he's what he's like as uh, as a representative of the club to uh, to people because I, I don't know the answer to that one. No. So let's talk about transfer deadline day. For your countdown fans out there, uh, actually no, it wasn't countdown. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was that was, was a uh, something else. <laughs> that, that was a, a personal sort of take on uh, on, a, on something. The clock uh, to, getting to zero. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah, so transfer deadline day this Thursday. There's been loads of talk happening. Um, I've written down the players that we've been linked with. Oh, God. Uh, so, Is uh, your pen run out? Oh, I know, yeah. Uh, well, this is more the striker search. I know there's talk of, um, you know, a left-back or a full-back. Uh, so Liam Delap's obviously gone to Stoke. Uh, Lewis Graben's gone to Al Ali. Um, Fabian Delph, there's been talk about him coming. I believe he was released by Everton. Um, at the end of last season, so he's a free agent at the moment. Uh, he would Ollie... be free. Well, no, he'd be uh, he'd be hefty in wages, definitely. Uh, Ollie McBurney, who scored his first goal for like two years last night. <laughs> this is so obvious. So I was just I like, re- where does that come from? I, I mean, I heard that commentary. Ollie McBurney scored his first goal for Sheffield United in. Since 2020, yeah, and I thought, yeah, we're going to break the break our necks to get him, aren't we? Sort of Hugh Gilmark too. <laughs> him and Zahor, just uh, quality signings. But yeah. Well, have a, have a third, have a third yeah. centre forward to sit on the bench. Uh, the other one was Lucas Jow uh, for Reading. Um, to be fair, I looked through his uh, scoring record, pretty good. A uh, few people said that he was quite injury prone. He won Player of the Month in February 2022. Um, but something that a few people did say was that for a guy who's six foot four, he's not a particularly good aerial threat, um, and he is injury prone. So there's a couple of things there because, I mean, for me, obviously he's a big lad and he can lead the line. But we do need that aerial threat. The amount of crosses that go in, some of them are, are a miss. Some of them, you know, miss the mark or overhit. But we do get crosses into the box. So we really need a striker who's going to you know, be an aerial threat as well as lead the line, aren't we? We do. Desperately, we we desperately need somebody in there to make a mess 
in their penalty area. Need Daryl DK really. Well, Grant's just. Oh, I mean, you know, I said he didn't contribute anything today, and I mean it. It's like I don't think he won a header. See, this is um, the thing, isn't it? Sorry to interrupt you, but this is the exact point that we always come back to with Grant, and it's he scores goals. Scores goals, he scores goals. And that's that everyone can always say that and be right. But the problem is when he doesn't score goals, he doesn't contribute anything. He doesn't create much many goals. He doesn't hold the ball up. So a, a game like today where he hasn't scored, okay, granted he probably should have won a penalty, but you do think, well, you know, he, he was anonymous for the majority of the game. Well, it wasn't until, uh, you know, uh, he made that run. I saw him. I saw him make various runs, and one of the things that I noticed when I was doing my minute by minute sort of uh, detailed notes in the first half, there was one particular occasion. He's running up the wing. He sort of like, and then he sort of like gives up. It, it sort of like bounces off him when he's in control of the ball. Nobody's challenging him. It's sort of, and he sort of like just loses control of it. And the balls, and he just stops, and the ball just trickles behind him to. A, uh, to an opposition player, and, uh, and and it's cleared down the. And I just thought, come on, what what was that all about? And then his one contribution was that it was an excellent run. Let's be honest, but he was going away from goal, um, and and he was brought down, tackled from behind. I mean, you know, it, it was a definite penalty, possibly even a booking as well. To be honest with you, um, and the referee just completely bottled it. However. We're talking about Grant. Um, and, yeah, it's like if he doesn't score you a goal or two in a game, and he don't he don't very often score two, but if he don't score you a goal in a game, you've got to be thinking to yourself, well, what else? What else has he done? Um, and Robinson, when he come on, I, I was disimpressed with him as well, to be honest with you. I was uh, I just thought, well, you know, these 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 players are doing nothing to enhance their chances of, uh, of remaining with us as soon as it's possible for us to get shot. Um, Grant, I'm not talking about Grant so much. I'm talking about um, Robinson there. Mm-hmm. Um, were you disappointed that we didn't get Grabben? I know that we were really linked with him for a quite a while. Personally, I didn't see it. You know, injury prone, 34 in the twilight of his career. I didn't really think he was the answer. But a few people have said they're disappointed and that uh, we'll we'll regret not not you know going all out or going further to get him. So you know, what's your thoughts on Grabben? I'm not disappointed that we didn't get him. Uh, I, I, I always think that whenever we were, whenever somebody else did what you're doing now, to sort of like coming up with a list of possibles, he was always at the bottom uh, of their particular list, and he was mentioned like as the last one, the last option, and that's the way I felt about him because he's getting on, and um, it, it's just you know when I remember what I was seeing from him. Uh, Playing for, uh, for for Forest, okay, he scored goals for him earlier on, and and but I, I I never thought bloody hell, I wish he was in our side in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen one or two others, like you know the Blackburn centre forward. What's his name? The, oh, uh, Diaz. That's Brian it. The, Diaz. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and Diaz. You know, you see you see certain players, and you think, oh, blimey, I wish we, I wish our scouting system was better than it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he ain't one of them. No, um, no, not at all. Yeah, so the other thing was uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman. There was a rumour that went round that Brighton were interested in him. Um, it seems to have died down now. Um, 
I'm glad that he won't be going. I still think there's a big future. Bruce will cotton on eventually that, you know, he will have to be introduced. I think the reason he was brought on today was that sort of Bruce sort of acknowledging that he needs to be more involved and get game time. Uh, but he's you're not you don't want to be losing, you know, your one of your best youngsters uh, to a to another squad, another team, especially when they've got such a long term contract at the club. Well, if we if we are if we are contemplating selling him to somebody, let's just assume for a second that we are. Um, I want to sell him when he's got a lot of time on his contract, because that's why that's the way you get money for him these days. Because there's now it's basically a given that if they're in the final year of their contract, um, you're not going to get anything for him. It's sort of like every, all the pundits and, and these journalists; they all say the same thing. Uh, so if we are going to sell him, and I hope we don't personally, but if we are, then we best do it while he's got plenty of time left on his contract. Because at the end of the day, this, I feel I feel two things about this situation. One is, he should be playing, I think. Um, he's, last season, he did enough for, for, to show me, uh, not that I'm anybody, but he did enough to show me there is a player in him. Um, but in the middle of the park, that was. Bruce keeps trying to persuade us that he's a right wing back. Um, but I've never really seen that much evidence. I, I, well, I, I have seen evidence of it. But the, the vast majority of the evidence that Taylor Gordon-Hickman is a good player is have been uh, in Malumbi's position, really, I think. Um, so if, if we are going to... I don't want him to go because I think he, I think he is a good player. Uh, I think he's suffering at the moment because he's not playing. And so, therefore, he's coming on. And the way he plays the game, it's difficult for him to sort of like slide in and give a give a, an outstanding performance. I was hoping for one today at, at you know, at right wing back, but it didn't happen. And I think he, so. Therefore, to be fair to the kid, if we're not going to use him, um, and and Bruce is of a mind to say, well, you're just always my second string. Well, we'd better we'd better think about the kid's future and about whether or not he's worth some good money for us so that we can bring somebody in who is going to be first choice. Yeah. Make a decision is what I'm trying to say. Will somebody at the club make a decision about what, we, what we're doing? It's no, good, it's no good expecting Lloyd to make a decision, even though he's the chairman, because he's just not in that position, if you ask me, my, my opinion. Um, so somebody at the club, whether it's, whether it's Bruce or whether it's Gourlay or, or whoever it is, or Pierce. Ian Pierce, whoever it is, somebody make a decision about what's happening. And I can imagine some people listening to this will say, "Bloody hell, Steve! Uh, you know, give it a Cheer give up. it a give it a rest." <laughs> you know, I mean, but the the reason I'm saying it is for the good of the club. Somebody needs to be willing to get to, the finger on the pulse and then to make and, decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully Absolutely. they have. Hopefully they decided they doesn't want to go. I, I will just say, hope so. I will disagree with one thing that you said. You saying that you're not anybody. You are somebody. You walk down the Halfords Lane and you're anything but lame, Steve. So I'm having that. Um, that's somebody else. What with the what with the swan landing on the Placid Lake, <laughs> and me and me walking down Alfred's Lane not being lame. I'll tell you what, mate. You're going for it. You should you should bring it. You should bring out an anthology. <laughs> I've been I've been chomping at the bit for two weeks through an episode. So <laughs> right. Um, 
you mentioned Ian Pearce, and I'm glad you did. I put a tweet out uh, about a week ago, something like that, and it was just it was it was a bit of a, <clears throat> a bit of a ridicule, I suppose, uh, because Steve Bruce, when asked about the, um, you know what what the transfer list was looking like for a striker, he said there isn't a list. I wish there was, and I just want to read back some some dates. And people are probably seeing this on our social media, but I'm just going to read it quickly. So 9th of April 2022, Steve Bruce said that we're verging on a major overhaul, like we need a major overhaul of the squad. 31st of May 2022, uh, Ron Gourlay said an international scouting network is in place alongside the introduction of a data intelligence model. And then on the 18th of August, Steve Bruce said there isn't a list. I wish there was. So I've got to be honest with you. It makes you think, huh? What's going on behind the scenes? And I put a tweet out again um, saying, what does Ian Pearce actually do? So uh, has graced us once again, uh, Uncle Steve. And this is what he said about Ian Pearce. Ian is the head of recruitment. Ian and I work hand in hand together to identify who we want. He puts all the graft into working out who's available, who might be available, who's good enough, who's not good enough. Uh, like in any department, it's huge that we work together. We work tirelessly. We've done, we've only done three this year, three free transfers. But the amount of work that has gone into it with Swifty, he, has, he was at the last game of last season. That's how it works. It's a vital part recruitment for me. Over the years, the clubs I've been at, sometimes you don't spend enough enough in it because it's all about recruitment, finding the right one. Finding value for money, finding a young one who could turn into a gem. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It, it's almost like you said, and that's why you refer to him as Uncle Steve. It's like when he's asked about somebody, all he says is lovely things. But then when he comes out with something like that, where he said, well, there isn't a list I wish there was. It, it does give you those conflicting messages, doesn't it? And you makes you think, what's going on behind the scenes? Because all we are privy to as fans is either company's house or what some representative of the club tells us. So, we, you know, when you get these mixed messages, you do think, is it a complete shambles behind the scenes? Well, when you, when you, look, at, when you look at the way the club's gone since 2012, 2013, um, something's gone wrong somewhere uh, because the, the situation that we found ourselves in at the end of that season... Uh, which of course culminated in the five-five with Manchester United, um, and where we are now, um, something has pretty much um, well. There's been a tectonic shift uh, in, in the way things have, have been going at uh, West Bromwich Albion, and uh, and and we find ourselves there. So I, I don't want to jump up and down on uh, on Ian Pearce. I don't know enough about the bloke except for the fact he's an ex-footballer. Um, but um, I think well. Uncle Steve is Uncle Steve, and he likes, he, he's one of these people. My mum always used to say, Ah, Stephen, if, if you can't say anything nice about somebody, then don't say anything at all. And I think he's like that. And so when he said there isn't a list, I wish there was, that he probably went away and agonised over that. Somebody probably uh, had a word and said, You know what? I wish you hadn't said that because it's all over Twitter now that you've said it. Yeah. So um, some idiot from all things Albion Street. Yeah, yeah. Them pair pair again. Them pair of non-lame people um, (laughs) down Alfred's Lane are. um, There we go. (laughs) And 
I've never sat in the Halfords Lane stand in my life, so you've lumbered me with you've that. Walked, you walked down the Halfords Lane. I didn't see you sat in it. I've walked up it, mate. I've walked up it towards the Brummie. Um, I think, I, I think, yeah, he's probably regretted that and backpedalled a bit. Uh, he's probably thought, oh, I'd better clarify this because otherwise somebody will stop calling me Uncle Steve. <laughs> God forbid. I know. I know. I can't have that. I mean, having coined it. Yeah, you've got to stick with it now. And really, like I said, more and more of our, our listeners, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> are referring to him. I think it's brilliant. Um, so a couple of more things I want to mention before we uh, say goodbye. Um, so Steve Bruce thinks that the size of the squad is a gamble uh, because obviously with injuries, and I think he's looking to let a few more go. Uh, so some of the youngsters, especially now they're out the Carabao Cup and they won't have the opportunity to play that you might see a, f- a few more of our youngsters loaned out before the deadline oh i don't know um, there's, there's the fa cup to chuck away yet yeah true um but that's what he was sort of referring to i think um ben foster i've been the advocate of advocates for him he has been talking so i'm gonna i'm gonna mention it because he was talking about west brom and he was at directly asked directly if he was going to sign for west brom and He's this getting- is what- He's taking on the proportions of Dwight Gale with you, mate. I know. Oh, well, it's just all it is. He, he said something about it, so I'm just going to mention it. He was on Talk Sport. And we're yeah, not, go for it. We're not the biggest fans of Talk Sport. So, anyway, God, he said, man. I went in and trained for a day. It absolutely ruined my body, honestly, because I hadn't played football for two months. I woke up the next day in absolute agony. That night that I trained with West Brom, I fell off my son's scooter, bumped my head on the floor and was concussed for about four days. And that was the end of my training with West Brom. And then he was asked, you know, what would he, what, what sort of club would he be looking for? And then he said something like West Brom because it is logist, has to logistically work, possibly, but they've got two good goalkeepers. I like David Button and I like Alex Palmer beneath him as well. I'll always be a West Brom fan. My kids are West Brom fans, and it's a club I'll always hold dear, dearly to my heart. Now, I want to bring in. Did you cry? I, did. I, you did. Cry? I just said sign. I just—it was actually me on the phone. I was like, just sign, Ben, did please. You a little tear? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now on the podcast. I'm gonna stop because a few people have said it online to me, and also I want to give Dave W a shout out. This is your thing as well. Um, if you listen to us on Spotify, a few, uh, quite a few people have given us five star reviews, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. That like, if if you could do that, I'd really, that's really kind of you. And the other thing you can that's do your is, influence, mate. That is, that's your influence. That is. Thanks, pal. Uh, but the other thing is, um, you can also comment as well. And Dave W comments every week, and I want to give him a, a quick shout out. And he referred to Ben Foster. And I will go into have your say in a minute. But he said, still still say allowing Morton to leave was a mistake. Yesterday, lap, obviously, he's gone to Stoke now. This was before he'd gone to Stoke. Uh, ben Foster is now more interested in forging a media career, it seems. Constantly in London, recording and being on holiday for three weeks. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I agree with that. He, he does seem more interested in doing a podcast um, and you know doing a youtube channel i think that ship has sailed so i'm saying it now everyone's gonna go thank god for that i will stop <laughs> banging the ben well, not, drum. not least me I, I think to be honest with you and again bless you I, I, you know ben, i was amazed a, a little bit amazed uh, because he'd had he's, he's had knee problems while he was with us, and he was out for quite a long time with his knees as well. I remember, and he's had his injury problems with us again. And I've got to be honest with you, 
I was a little bit surprised that Watford uh, had him in their Premier Premier League squad when they did. However, I mean, he's a quality goalkeeper, so I wasn't surprised from that angle. But with his injury situation and his age, I thought, well, I, I know goalkeepers last, you know, good grief, ages. Um, but I was a bit surprised. And, and then for us to be thinking about signing him, if we ever were, I thought, no, really? No, it would be it would be silly because he's he's got to be um, what is he's got to be knocking forty, isn't he? Yeah, he's thirty nine. I mean, I think yeah. the only reason he played towards the end of last season was because Roy Hodgson was in charge, and Roy Hodgson's always been a massive fan of Ben Foster. They've always had a good relationship, so I think that's why he was playing. But like I said, I'm going to stop now. I won't I won't say anything more on the matter. I promise. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about before we to go into have your say is the uh, Chris Brunt and James Morris coming up and the managers have been announced. There's a, a plethora of ex-players playing in each team, um, but it's Tony Mowbray and uh, Roberto Di Matteo that are going to be the two managers of, you know, obviously one side is Brunt's team and the other side is James Morrison's team. And I've got to just I compliment... Bet, I, go on. I bet Uncle Steve's bricking it. <laughs> I thought, well, either one, no, but anyway, um, yeah, so um, I'm going to compliment the club because they've really, you know, made a big event of this. Uh, I think it's happening sometime in September and, uh, yeah, they've made a real big event of this and they've got a load of people involved, so it'll be good to see and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So let's go into have your say. Uh, I did put a post out a couple of weeks ago. I put a post out last night as well. And we've got loads of comments. And I want to try and get to as many as possible because I promised people I would, you know, refer to them. And I will. I understand that a couple of these may be a little bit out of date because they were, like I said, last week. Um, but I want to, um, you know, I want to read out as many as I can. Well, before you do. Go on. Can I just say about that, that contributor that you were just referring to? Yes. Mr. Mr. W. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with uh, with him. Uh, the things that he said, yeah, spot on. And um, yeah, I, I'll go. With, I'll, there's nothing I can argue with about what he says there. So uh, yeah, good contribution, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, so Mark Stevenson, big friend of the show, he said, "I'll be honest, never rated slash wanted Steve Bruce, but thinking if he isn't backed in the transfer window and lie defaults to for defaults paying back the loan." In January, would Bruce consider walking? As I have, as I say, not a lover of him, but could understand his frustration. I think that's a great comment, and I wouldn't be surprised either. It's got to be so frustrating to see a team like ours that is quite clearly nearly there, but just needs that striker. Granted, we've had the bad luck with DK, but I think if we had a striker and probably a fallback. We, you know, obviously we still got deficiencies in some places, but we're pretty much there. And it must be so frustrating to, you know, to lose out on players. I mean, Steve Bruce talking about how unlucky we were Leon Delap. Apparently, he was on the bench, and if he hadn't have been on the bench for Man City, would have got him. But because it was delayed a week, Stoke got involved and obviously went there instead. And it must be so frustrating to be so close, but have a, have an owner that just won't give you the funds to do your job. You could say that about any of the managers we've had. Yeah, that's yonks, true. Three yonks. I mean, with our when Peace was here, it was it was the same. Yeah, um, well, it was it was different, but it was, there were so many similarities as far as this is concerned. They're so parsimonious up the Albion. It every every penny is 
is not not considered it's sort of like stared at like ebenezer scrooge i think um because i think you know we're always going to be until there is appropriate uh, investment um in the club now uh, as a whole and when i say appropriate before anybody jumps up and down and says well we're going to spend 100 million quid i never ever advocated that but appropriate investment is vital to the progress of any business if you talk to anybody who's running a business and if they don't invest appropriately then your business is going nowhere forwards and is actually going backwards and that's that's not something i've coined that's something that's talked about all the time and what happens is that we put ourselves in a position now where we where we are just crisis managing and crisis management is the worst sort of regime within which to invest because you're always doing something to to prevent the to prevent the catastrophe and there's it's not a stable environment in which uh, financial investment or it's conducive to it's not conducive towards uh, sensible financial investment and so that's where we are and what we need to do is change that around and um, it's quite evident that law is not going to do it in fact he's doing the opposite he's taking uh, funds away from the club uh, and you know in, in the form of loans to other uh, related businesses is is the report i think he needs, he needs to he needs to sell the club he needs to leave well i agree mate uh, you know you're absolutely spot on but it's until until we have a situation where he goes and i don't know there keeps keep being rumors of these american consortia who would be interested in investing in larger uh or more more top top off uh championship clubs i've seen that this article a couple of times um we are we aren't going anywhere because if we do get this squad together eventually that gets us up probably the realistic way certainly the way we started this season it's going to be playoffs if we manage to get up on the playoffs this we're not going to be in a position to invest wholeheartedly in this squad and so we're, life's going to be really it's, we're not going to be like nottingham forest if we got promoted no, no. you know what Don't i mean it's for it yeah awful uh, you know we're not going to be like that i think I, I think with this sounds really negative and i apologize if it does but i think with lie as our owner or controlling shareholder if we go up the biggest positive will be it resets the parachute payments because we will not make a fist of it we will not like you said invest on the scale that is re required i mean you look at bournemouth they got thumped nine nil by liverpool today and they've invested i think with this squad if we got promoted you know, I, I couldn't say anything but going back down. But anyway, I'm jumping way ahead of myself. Uh, Mark Griffiths. The other big, well, the other oh, big positive, the other big positive, the, the, the one that you said reset the the parachute payments. But the other big positive is if we're in the Premier League, Law is going to sell. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. massive. That's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Positive. Yeah. So it's all about getting promoted this season. Um, Mark Griffiths, uh, another big friend of the show. Thank you for your comment, Mark. He said, Uncle Steve wants two to three before the window closes. Will we get them? Personally, I think he will. And I also think this is the reason Graben joined Al Ali. Uh, Steve Bruce didn't didn't fancy Graben, in my opinion. He never felt like the right fit. And if we were honest, as a fan base, we wouldn't be happy too. 
Uh, it was never going to be McBurney either. It's more likely to be Armstrong from Southampton, who has been told he can leave, but no one has come in for, a yet, for him yet. It will be a loan, or my opinion, of course. And now we appreciate your opinion. Yeah, I mean, we, we need somebody who's going to come in and, and make an impact. We need somebody who's going to come in and be like, right, that's our number nine. Obviously, our number nine is a whore somehow. But, I mean, you know, play like a number nine. God. <laughs> I don't know what that means for Grant. Some people are saying, well, he get pushed out left and that's going to, you know, obviously drop Dean Garner. Dean Garner, in my opinion, is undroppable at the moment. He's been quality, so I can't see that happening. I think if anyone's position's under threat, it's going to be Grant. Um, and rightly so, because he just, if he doesn't score goals, he doesn't add anything. But thank you for your comment, Mark. Is there anything you want to you know, react to that, Steve, or, or what's your thoughts on the two to three before the window closes? Um, I, I just can't, well, I can't see three. You just can't see three. I mean, I, you know, I could be astonished, like like, like I, I was when um, when Swifty and Wallace came in early uh, and like DK did right at the start of the January window last last year. Uh, you know, I, Oh, early this year, should I say? I'm excited um, for this window. I must say, I am excited well, for it. I think we might, I think we might see two possibly. Um, but what we really, really desperately need is a focal point for our attack. Um, I think if we could just get that, I mean, DK is just this tremendous disappointment as far as his injuries are concerned. Yeah. And, and it, with him in the actual team now, uh, we can only, well, it's only conjecture again, isn't it really? But I, the, it looks like we'd, we'd be performing differently. It's, we'd have a target um, at the moment. We just haven't got one. Uh, the balls, the balls through. Some of the balls through to Grant, I've got to say, are awful. You know, he's left chasing. He's left chasing. Well, waste paper in, in a lot of cases. So, um, so yeah. Uh, uh, my contribution there is that no, nah, we ain't going to get three. Uh, let's hope for two. But for God's sake, we need one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know I don't really want to comment on this too much because it was just a rumour and I did put a tweet out about it and a few people have said, oh, you know, where's this come from? And it was just circulating around Twitter and I just commented on Chris Wood and said, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm very sceptical. But if it did, he would be the perfect striker um, that we'd be looking for in this situation. But I think there's too many things. I think he's on too much money. I think Newcastle, you know, was it January they bought him for thirty-five million? I, I, you know, I can't see it, but if we could, some, by some miracle game, he would be an outstanding signing, and I think we'd really be uh, pushing for promotion with him up front. The big winner in that situation is Burnley. Um, although they got relegated, I don't think that was particularly down to Chris Wood leaving. Um, but I, I think uh, that the big winner out of that getting get. Uh, getting him off the wage bill just at the time when they're going to get relegated and getting that sort of money for Chris Wood, bless him. Um, they're the big beneficiaries of that. As far as we're concerned, um, I think I, the way I look at Chris Wood is he's one of these people who's a bit like, I would hope anyway. Uh, I mean, he ain't like Harry Kane, um, so he ain't going to get your hatfuls of goals. Uh, I would hope, therefore, his big contribution would be to bring other other players in. He scored a lot of goals for Burnley, to be fair to him, though. I'm not I'm, I'm not knocking his goal scoring. Uh, I'm just looking at the type of centre forward we're talking about, and I'm hoping he's more like a like a Mark Antoine Fortuné type bloke, yeah. big, strong, 
holding people off so that your midfielders can get in. Wallace and and um, and Swift can benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, and Dean Garner, yeah. Uh, obviously Dean Garner, but he's like, you know, I just want a centre-forward that actually is a presence in the opposition penalty box. And yeah. and and like DK did briefly um, against Middlesbrough, um, was unsettled Lenehan. I think it's Lenehan, isn't it? That's right, yeah. And, and just blew him blew him away. He'd had a comfortable time, and then DK come on, and he didn't know whether he was having a shave or a shampoo. So it was like um, that's what we need. Yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> uh, shave or shampoo, I've seen that DK apparently has been using um, a dishwasher detergent <laughs> to wash his clothes for the last six months. I've been of the uh, West Brom. Um, social media went and bought you know, I think it was like £3.19 I just thought well there's the transfer budget out the window um, <laughs> but anyway um, so the last comment and like I said I apologise to everybody who's commented Michael Siri, I want to give him a shout because he said some really nice comments um, which I really appreciate but the last one is from at JD Pearson IP uh, on Twitter and, and when I said obviously we're doing a podcast he said looking forward to it lads thank you John that's really kind uh, can only be one subject post Derby. The worrying lack of quality beyond the first eleven. We need signings desperately, and I think that segues into what we were just talking about. It's going to be a big transfer deadline day, and we need players. We we desperately need players. Um, it's too much of a gamble currently with the, with the squad that we've got. And if we do pick up a few injuries to key players, which we already have in DK, and hopefully he'll be the, you know the only one. Um, yeah, we're going to struggle again, aren't we? Well, it's, it, with a squad like ours, it's a bit like Highlander, and it's that can, can be, be only one. one. And uh, so we can't have any more injuries. Uh, he's right in what he says. Our squad is thin, um, but it's almost it's almost important. Well, it's more important, I think, at the moment to get rid of the deadwood out of our squad before we can start putting other players into it. And it's too late in the window. We can't get rid of this problem uh zoho uh, we we couldn't go in anywhere is it well, of course he ain't. we couldn't move robinson although he's a completely different and more productive player uh mobile and and in at least halfway interested usually um we need to be moving players on desperately uh, and of course we ain't going to do that. So we ain't going to get a bigger squad until until we do because of the money situation, and until as you say they reset the, uh, the parachute payments and we get some Premier League money, it, our squad's going to remain one of the smallest in the history of Premier League football. I would have thought. Yeah, our next game is Wigan away, uh, Tuesday the thirtieth of August, seven forty-five kickoff. Obviously in the evening, not in the morning. Um, <laughs> seven forty-five a.m. It wouldn't. We'd score you. Nothing's out there. Yeah, out true. There. We can't rule anything out there. <laughs> um, a team that we, we should be winning. And I think if we can cut out the mistakes and we can sign a striker that can lead the line and score goals, there's no reason we should be beating teams like Wigan, isn't there, really? Nah, we should, we, we've got to be. We, we, we've got to be. If we don't, if we're not, then, well, it's all for nothing, isn't it? Yeah. And then one last thing I want to say. I mean, I've, I've probably had about five different last things now, but the last thing I want to say is West West Brom, all things Albion, have just had our first birthday, 13th of August, 
2021 was the inception of all things Albion. Uh, I've looked back at our first episode. We've got six listers <laughs> on that episode. It's it's thankfully gone up quite substantially since then. So thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a pleasure. Um, I sound like it's ending. It's not ending. We're going to carry on going. Uh, but no, it's just a good time to reflect and, and say thank you, everybody, who listens to this podcast, because I have a right laugh doing it. It's great to spend time with Steve and John and chat about uh, all things Albion. Not off. And those first six uh, listeners, well, thank you for uh, for starting the ball rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, guys, if thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can. On Twitter, I am at MikeyWBFC. On Facebook, we are all things at all things WBFC or search for all things Albion. Uh, something else you can do to help the podcast out is if you follow us on your podcast platform of choice, whether it be Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and I think that's all of them. Um, so it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your time, Steve. Boing, boing. Boing, boing, mate.